I think this maybe we should reinstitute this. Remember when we used to do like a quick little like pun game? Oh yeah. Actually, yeah, it's a really good idea. We need to like warm up. We I definitely like used to jam a lot more. Like yeah. not just musically, but like yeah, everything. And, it's and because I think that's Anthony was doing all the fucking work. <laughs> that's totally why. <laughs> Fuck yes, that's exactly why. All right. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And we are a recording. Hello. 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 a slide whistle in here and we actually keep talking normally for a little bit cause, just because we didn't do this earlier okay this is not talking <laughs> simple instructions hey. this, this is, is how, how we, we do, do it, it. <laughs> this is how we do it hey this is how we do it it's friday night Rob, it's a Wednesday. It's are you a Wednesday okay? Wednesday night, Rob. Oh, damn. Where, like a where are now. you? Okay. Our okay. levels are all yeah. good. So. Yes. All right. <clears throat> all right. So basically, rats are a scourge that we bring upon ourselves, which I guess is poetic, but it'd be more poetic if it didn't involve literal hordes of rats. <laughs> also, yeah. is, it, is it scourge? Is it scourge? It is scourge. Yeah. <laughs> scourge. It's happened before. It's definitely it happened before. It probably has. I do like that word, even though I never say it correctly. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I think like a bit of a missed opportunity, is that so to keep your stam to keep your stamina to keep your stam. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm stuck. Sorry, mind burp. Um, <laughs> that was a yawn. <laughs> Could be more than one thing. Fair. <laughs> you contain multitudes and then you expel them out. <laughs> um, so their their story. We all know that was. <laughs> Wine burst. They don't have to say it. <laughs> so, so allow me to introduce you to the Grelling Nelson paradox. Mm. Okay. Yes. It took two entire German philosophers to describe this one. <laughs> Same number to screw in a light bulb. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks for backing me up there. Oh, I didn't yeah, hear. I'm trying to support Jeez. Emily. <laughs> I, wow! No, because, for, all right, let's do it one more time. Because no, I was, was going to say, you know how many Germans it takes to screw in a light bulb? How many? One. They are very efficient and not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like that better. <laughs> um, no, they're right. I think another version of that is, do you know how many uh, Germans it takes to screw in a light bulb? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Billy Bones is a character. He's an old sailor in the inn where James Hawkins, the protagonist of Treasure Island, was working. Um, and he, in the Muppets version... This is it, not worth the interruption, but I've already done it. Do it. I stopped myself after I already started talking. <laughs> my, my brakes just screeched to a halt. Just, just inside the intersection. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Please go ahead. 
Um, <laughs> but so uh, the cap, uh, Billy, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was my bad. <laughs> he, however, like knowing they're coming, gives it to a young Jim Hawkins so that he can escape. Young Jim Hawkins. He, knowing the pirates are coming, gives it to a young. <laughs> he, young Jim Hawkins. <laughs> knowing the pirates are coming. Actually, so technically, it is named for the wife of somebody who studied Pluto. Um, not mm-hmm. the discoverer, but somebody pretty close to it, or maybe the person who discovered Sharon. Actually. Um, because the rule is that yeah. if it's a planet or a moon, it has to be something related to mythology or well-known literature like Shakespeare. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of the moons of Uranus and Neptune are named after Shakespearean characters. So um, this person who discovered Pluto's moon um, needed to name it something that was related to Pluto and the underworld. And I think his wife actually was named Sharon. Um so he was looking through the mythology and found Charon, which was the the ferryman of Greek mythology who took you across the river Styx into uh, Hades' realm. And he was like, you know what? Close enough. And the name has stuck ever since. Nice. Yeah. And I think actually um, Sharon, the real life Sharon also said, uh, most husbands promise their wives the moon, but mine actually came through. Oh, snap. <laughs> Wow! Did she really say that, or did you make that up? Because she should have said it. No, she genuine. That is a genuine quote from her. Paraphrase. <gasps> I wonder what anniversary is, is the moon anniversary. <laughs> the one where you finally see their butt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Alrighty. Oh man. Let's hear about some go. water. Let <laughs> me just dislodge this lobster. <laughs> Oh man, that was the best <laughs> phrase. Wait, what was that? Let's say, let me just dislodge this lobster. <laughs> the diction. No, that. <laughs> That's gonna get into the into the warm up exercises. <laughs> dislodge a lobster. Dislodge oh, a lobster's lob. Wait, did we have this? No, you have not heard the song "Rock Lobster" the B fifty tubes. No, it came up once. It was yeah. what you haven't. It was a lodged a lodged lobster. <laughs> Do you know that Oscar Wilde would Oscar Wilde would walk his pet lobster on the street with like on a leash? Can, I didn't know I he had a pet say, lobster, so we'll start with that one. I was sure. in, I was in a, a random Zoom meeting with Noah for trivia recently, oh, yeah? and the breakout room's ending, and it's like five, four, bye everybody, three, two. Noah goes, "Do you know Oscar Wilde used to walk his pet lobster <laughs> on a leash?" One, end the room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that was fun. No, no, no one played the clock like an outside shooter. It was very nice. <laughs> um, they, they they revolutionized the way that astronomy would be discussed, and it it heavily influenced Copernicus, Tycho Brahe, and Galileo. <laughs> Galileo, everybody say hey, Galileo. <laughs> totally missed that. <laughs> I don't know why it inflected so strongly, <laughs> but, but it really, <laughs> and even well after um, kind of the famous controversy with Galileo, um, that's a lot of motorcycles, sorry. <laughs> Revving up for Galileo. <laughs> Galileo! <laughs> when I say Galileo, hey, you say Galileo! 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 <laughs> 
Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but but even after this more famous uh, issue with Galileo and the cat, um, but the the last really interesting fact I found about Galileo was there's this there's this conspiracy theory within the Catholic Church about what he was actually charged with, and so he was famous for his heliocentric theory. But according to an alternative alternative theory proposed by Pietro Ridondi. In 1983, the reason Galileo was condemned was actually his attack on the Aristotelian doctrine of matter. And so uh, Galileo was an atomist. He believed that matter was created of things called atoms that they could not describe or see. But that was a really big problem because of something we've talked about in this podcast. Transmogrification. <laughs> Trans- or transubstantiation. Transubstantiation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Singing Harry Potter. It's all magic. Ah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, so transubstantiation is the belief that the physical bread becomes the body of Christ. And similarly, the wine becomes the blood. Like the mm-hmm. actual essential material changes, um, which is different than the Lutheran perspective that it's consubstantiative, being that it is bread, but also in a way it is body. But if you look at it, it's still bread. Mm-hmm. Like the Catholic Church holds after it's consecrated it's literally body um which is why as we talked about in the episode when two scientists ran dna tests on it that was a huge heretical (laughs) no-no that you don't do because that's bad um but so redondi said like actually they were they were attacking him because of that and they didn't want to write that anywhere because if word got out that like matter was made of something different people might lose their faith entirely like it was it was a crisis of belief and so they covered it up with something unimportant like the heliocentric theory to like attack him for his uh, atomic view of the world. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I have to say, we as a podcast are racking up like heretical no-nos. Um, <laughs> no. To the point that that could kind well, of be a running do list. It. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> you know I know we're just kind of pointing out all of them. The Roman Inquisition <laughs> is an enemy of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah car- like Pope Bendix's office gets an alert every time we release an episode. <laughs> the fax machine (laughs) Uh, I want to read one quote from one of Kuge's landmark papers which is this quote all of these facts consistent among themselves and not opposed by any report seem to me to prove the existence of a world previous to ours destroyed by some kind of catastrophe how fucking awesome is that the existence of a world previous to ours destroyed by some kind of catastrophe that is hard sci-fi that he is writing about the actual world that we live in it's also not so hard to believe right now when I've been holed up in my apartment for a month due to a global <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, I think this idea might be coming back. I mean, humans are going to come out of this with gills, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Later, the telescope that bears his name, the Hubble Space Telescope, took an image known as the Hubble... <laughs> <laughs> took an image but Carl Linnaeus who is like one of the early taxonomers who helped kind of develop the whole system of naming animals um, there's there's what I found an apocryphal story that he he named a flower something uh, buffon which uh, sounds like buffoon and but it actually it turns out um, people thought at the time was a slight against like the Count de Buffon and so it's a very like stinky smelling flower and, he, and they said, like, oh, he named the stinky-smelling flower after this uh, enemy of his, uh, Leclerc. And they, this was a big theory, but he said, no, I named it after Buffon, B-U-F-O-N, with one F, and that means something else in Latin, and you've misinterpreted my work. Um, 
But Linnaeus did take a grudge out in naming things. So in another flower, he named it like the, like basically, I forget the kid's name, but it was one of his grad students or one of his researchers who then like hid work from him. And so they had a huge falling out and he called another bug, essentially, if the kid's name was Charlie, the bug is now called the unimportant Charlie. <gasps> Wait, that's rude. <laughs> yeah, it's a little why bit is rude. It pa- why is it past muster with the Ixen? So, so it was like in the 1700s yeah. or something. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This right? I don't know when that was. My yeah. Time or, is off. Um, but even more recently, the Bone Wars, which is again. So I am a bone biologist. I spent my entire life or my entire academic career studying how bones grow and fix themselves, and so dedicating an entire show to invertebrates that have no bones was a tough <laughs> sell for me. Um, but two mammal biologists studying the fossils of mammals were basically tremendous rivals. They were studying like one certain time period of mammals. And so they kept naming things like slightly after each other, but like saying like, I'm better. Like they name it after like, <laughs> my group's better than yours um, until finally. So their names were Cope and Marsh. And <laughs> Marsh named his, uh, one of his last bones that he'd found, the species was Copthater. And he was, he said, you need not look in any etymology textbook. It merely stands for, I am a cope hater, as is everyone that surrounds me. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. So it was just like completely. Well, yeah. Like, explicit. Yeah. Wear your heart on your taxonomical sleeves. Um, when you... Someone in the chat said, unmute the cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they want to hear him hiss, no. probably. <laughs> Only if we have time. <laughs> Do they hiss for real? Probably. They absolutely hiss. I thought it was just a name Ooh. thing. Text no. So I have two different species here. One species only hisses when they're stressed out. The other species hisses just like whenever the hell they feel like. It. Like in the <laughs> middle of the night. And they get into huge fights. It's really obnoxious. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So with that, I mentioned we had a few things up our sleeves, and there's one more, and it's about to happen now for the first time. Uh, it is a punterlude. Yeah, so get ready, guys. Uh, so basically, the premise of this punterlude is that we have Sam, 33-time punterdome champ. We have Rob, who won once, supposedly, so he tells us. <laughs> and we have Noah, who just likes punting, which is valid and great, and it's why we're all here today. Um, I didn't know g- I was involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. If you want. (laughs) But these three, two and a half, whatever, three, will be pitted head to head to head. (laughs) Well, no, you're voluntarily, voluntary, I guess. You weren't signed up originally. So head to head to head in a competition of unbelievable proportions. There it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way it's going to work is I'm going to give you guys two words that were loosely inspired by the previous fact and your mission is to kind of link or sort of bridge those words together using a pun so um in that case i will give you i don't have paper wait pen- what? no one yes <laughs> my advantage <laughs> go emily go 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 no all right okay so everyone's ready i'm going to give you 30 seconds to draft your pun i'll get do like a like a five second countdown at the end and We'll do this. All right, so ready, set, pun. All right, so I'll take this moment as well um, to think. Wait, Emily, wait, what are the words? Wait. Oh! <laughs> it's okay, even harder because you puns have to on guess the, top. the words. Incredibly challenging. Um, so yes, the words are, sorry, uh, 
Telephone and revenge. Pun. Okay. All right. That has been five, four, three, two, one. All right, friends. All right. I have I have one, and it's good, and that's that's just all I got. Okay. okay. Do it. Revenge is a dish best served called. <laughs> oh no. I, I just want to say, Noah, that I have literally... Is that what you got, too? Exactly. <laughs> you guys have the same one? Yeah. Uh, we've been doing this for too long. Well, we got to hang out less, bud. <laughs> I think this is a sign. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's... I, I fucked this up. I, <laughs> that's okay. Oh, sorry, I can't well, there's going to be more, so there, we know it there now. There'll yeah, be more. I'll, you definitely can. I'll think can. on it. And, um, okay, revenge is a hard sell. There it is. <laughs> Nice. I I gotta come up with better. Yeah, it it reminds me of um of and this is my thing. I have to tie it back to the papacy for just a second. But um, the the only people roping in the pope again. (laughs) Sorry guys, um, but the the pope is basically the only person who cares about keeping Latin alive. Um, and so like there's an that's not true exactly, but there's like a small group of people. We know you. But there's a small group of people in the Vatican who like modernize the Latin language too. And it's their job to make up like Latin words for uh, modern things. Uh, and I saw something a little while ago that I just looked up, but like there's, there's a word that they're trying or basically that's being used kind of commonly among people who use Latin in writing. Um, and it, it's made its way into some non-official papal documents. Um, but it, it's a word that is sophophonum. Um, and so, like, a version of that is sophophoner, sophophonifer, sorry, sophophonifer, which... That sounds like a plant. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, this, my sophophonifers are <laughs> blooming. But so, sophos means a fool, and phono is what they're using for a phone, and so a sophophonifer is like an idiot on a cell phone. <laughs> they needed it's a word like, for that? They did. <laughs> But I love that the guys a, preserving Latin are like coming up with only like the most crotchety terms. To be like, yeah. we're not going to keep up with the kids, but we're going to make fun of them. They're, they're definitely <laughs> talking about this. Americans too. Yeah. <laughs> I also really also I have one more thing about the Pope. Um, sure. The in the Icelandic sagas, the name for the like uh, sort of Scottish and Irish monks that were proposed to have been in Iceland before the Vikings got there was the the papar or the papar, which just means like Pope ah. people. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Is this show sponsored by the Pope? <laughs> well, we're, we're are... not sure. We're either being sponsored or excommunicated. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah we, we kind of we teeter from between extremes. Actually. We have a historically antagonistic with the uh, relationship with the papacies. <laughs> I, I just want to jump in quick to say, for fax machine's sake, that this is not even the first time this spring that we've talked about hiding things in false scrotums. Yeah, so, just, <laughs> there's some scrotal recall happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes good show but, but this um, this is by far scrotal recall that deserves really more. good <laughs> i oh, had wow. it in my script i was like biding my time <laughs> it's gonna happen thank you oh man um and but, so go ahead okay oh i was just gonna mention that yeah so we had it on the show previously um as like a spy device actually so yeah, the spies right. would hide like basically small radios and stuff or it would be for like downed fighter pilots mm-hmm. um would hide like small radios and fake scrotums 
like so that prosthetic if they were, scrotums. Exactly. So that if they were searched by like after being downed in enemy territory, then they could still kind of like radio back to the base and be like, "Hey, I'm fine. Don't ask me where this radio came from, but I'm fine." <laughs> Imagine how awkward it would be if you're an Icelandic pilot that was down somewhere and they're like, "What is this?" <laughs> Why are there all these coins? <laughs> Just the first place they check, he's like, damn I'm it. About- <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's like you're hitting the nail on the head here. That's exactly why magical rituals are so complex, uh, because it can it then allows the whole community to preserve their belief in magic, because if something doesn't go the way you expect it to, it's because you did it wrong and not because magic doesn't exist. Right. I feel yeah. like that's also uh, true that's with so cool. all software, though. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the software's fine, you guys. Like you're just using it wrong. Like, that's all IT people anywhere. It's <laughs> not a bug; it's a feature. Come Go back, on. <laughs> restart it, and then read the instructions. Are you sure you walked around four times counterclockwise? <laughs> Did you turn the capskin on and off again? <laughs> I don't know if they have any. Just like separate foreskins in the penis museum. I should look that up. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. Good thing to know. I feel like it's a worthy Google search. Oh, <laughs> it'll just totally fuck your algorithm forever. Yes. Oh, my algorithm is ruined. <laughs> I have. Oh, we see that you like Icelandic foreskins. <laughs> Uh, so this review was from Dr. Sarah Pierce, um, Ireland officer of the Botanical Society of Britain and Ireland, which I have to say just sounds like a wonderful job. <laughs> um, and she recommended um, uh, Johnson, 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 Johnson 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 so anywho, uh, this one was from Dr. Sarah Pierce, Ireland officer of the Botanical Society of Britain and Ireland, which I have to say just sounds like the most pleasant job imaginable. Um, but she recommended Johnson and Johnson. And Johnson and Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I paused because I knew you were going to do that. <laughs>